Let me make sure it's moving. It is recording. Okay. Uh, unless every podcast will start at five minutes, and that'll be noted at some point. So if they want to just sit down while we shoot the breeze and light the cigar, people can listen to that five minutes, or they can go in the official talking time. <clears throat> if we're ever on the radio, that five minutes will probably be cut out, you know? Sorry for jumping you early today. That's okay though, right? Oh yeah, Hopefully. yeah. In fact, most of the time, I would have just been, I would have been glad you called her. I actually worked because I knew you weren't coming until five, and I thought Tracy was going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, what'd you like this? Oh, I got yeah, a soft flame. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I worked a little later to finish a job. The boss oh. told me I didn't have to finish it, but it's like you know what? In thirty minutes, I can have this done. So. scattered here and there but all in all pretty good got the race car finished well not finished but the roll bars got put in it today right. <laughs> I had to get that done sometime this week <coughs> so I just took it down today and Randy Randy of Weldworks in Linville did it up for me it's kind of funny because he called just a little bit ago and said it was all finished and he said yeah he said you just need a roll bar in there right I said yeah pretty much just a bar bar just that's what you have to have to be legal now. And he's like, well, Joe, his son, was in there putting like a full cage in. Oh. <laughs> I gotta make sure I remember to tell him that I appreciate his concern for my safety. Mm-hmm. Not talking about this until fun hobby. Yeah, I know. Until right? we're Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sweating because my body's still hot. Yeah. I got out of the hot tub, I think, but. It's so nice today. It is. I want to enjoy a little breeze. Blowing that back when I way. first opened that, there was a little breeze coming. <laughs> yeah, and usually it blows a breeze this way. I think I'm just going to leave that fan on and we'll get sure. where I can get. Sure. Sometimes I wonder if we put it back that way, if it would draw more. It might. Although I can feel it. I don't know if you can. Okay. I can move that. Pull it. Okay. Uh, no, actually, this way. This, yeah. Right about there would be good. Maybe I can get some air by it. But there is no good place for that compressor right now. We probably should do at some point, like this winter, a month of pipes. Maybe not. But it could be fun. Yeah. I haven't lit my pipe for a very long time. Well, I, um, pipes are way easier and less of a commitment. And, and, all, and I always love pipes. Actually, 
you know, and I feel like I know pipes more than I know cigars. Probably spent more time. Like, I never, like, I couldn't tell you what Ecuadorian Habano wrapper is supposed to taste like or why it would taste the way it is, but I feel like with some tobaccos I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, what project were you finishing up at work today? Well, at mowing, um, we bought, it was like late, I don't know, it was one or something like that, and the boss said, do you got time to mow that? And I was like, well, I'll, I'll hang around and try to finish it. He's like, well, you don't have to mow the back. If, if you don't have time, it's pretty long anyway. In fact, is that it? That's the time. All right. Well, welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm Joe. Still. <laughs> Still. And uh, we got a great cigar in our hand, already lit up as the case is, but just lit. Just lit. We've been itching <laughs> to talk about it. In fact, I had a strange occurrence. Just right as the recording started, my ash fell off. Oh, I don't know if I bumped it. Oh. I must have bumped it. You must have bumped it. <clears throat> but yeah. I don't remember. Because that's a teeny tiny. Didn't try. But yeah, that was just a very, very small. So I'll tell you and our ash. listeners, this is not, I, I broke a rule. I like cigars to sit for about a month in the humidor um, before we smoke them. These just came a few days ago. And I'm going to trust that the people we bought it from had it humidified right. Yours looks just a touch dry yeah. on the outside. And that might be. It's shipping. You, no, shipping, yeah, shipped, so it wasn't in a humidor for a few days. But it has been humid. Yes. <clears throat> so we're going to trust it's okay. But the reason to do that is it makes sure that any anything that got could have gotten wonky or if the person you bought it from didn't have it humidified real well it just a month is about enough time to let it acclimate to your humidor and but uh, we just couldn't win no we couldn't because we did five camachos already and these came and it was time we, we smoked them we did we smoked them i don't know if you said we did them did them i know what you meant but yeah okay some people could be sticklers about that that's true anyway yeah we smoked five camachos and this will be number six then would you like to talk about it? Yeah, I would. So, it's a Connecticut, so I'm expecting it to be mild, woody, and sweet. However, I read some stuff about it, and so I'm actually realized that it may not be light. But starting off, touch of sweet, touch of spice, good, very light, which is, I don't like much spice. And, um, Mm. We'll say a hint of woodiness, but I won't commit to that yet. I'm feeling your woodiness. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can, t I can taste the woodiness that you're talking about. I think so. There's something else that I can't identify yet. <laughs> it might actually be like a vanilla. That's what was throwing me. Cause like, I think I get the wood, but there's something, something else in there. So, so that, that's the start, but... Do you have the? Do you want to read yeah, the I can, info? I can pull so up the official out. description here. <clears throat> yeah. You want me to read it, or you want to read it? Um, you, go ahead. You've got that golden Whatever. voice, though. Okay. Do you need your glasses? Yeah, I might need. I might not be able to. <laughs> can you make it bigger? Because I don't know technology very well. Uh, so we decided to try the Camachos because it's kind of um, Davidoff's. Lower end, but not necessarily low in like an eco version cigar, but just not a thirty dollars cigar like a lot of their stuff mm -hmm. is. And we tried 
we bought a sampler of five and there were three others that weren't included in that sampler that we wanted to add. So the one, so we're on the Connecticut now. That's the important part. Yeah. If you can't, I'll just do my best well, to read it. Well, I can, I can pull it up and get it a little bit bigger, but okay. I did want to note while I'm, while I'm doing that, that mm-hmm. I, no, I just now noticed on this label, mm-hmm. I've always loved the Scorpion, mm-hmm. but I just noticed that it says infamous since oh. 1962. Hmm. And uh, I don't know. I, was, I always have thought that was a funny word. We talk about words a lot. Thought the word infamous when they really mean famous, don't they? Yeah, I, I should I should think about that after I, <laughs> I mean, read this. Yeah, they're trying to go for the bad boy thing. Yeah, <laughs> they have the scorpion, and we're infamous. Cultivated and hand rolled in the temperate Honduran climate, the Camacho Connecticut is a smooth, medium-bodied cigar with a bold kick. Featuring a sleek, reliable Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper and a spicy, sweet flavor, the Camacho Connecticut's smooth balance combines earthy hints of nuts and cedar with touches of pepperiness and citrus. The result is a full-flavor experience that is accompanied by a pleasant, medium strength, creating a truly creamy, enjoyable experience. So, sounds like this Connecticut is a little more ramped up than normal, which, which I would like. I'll smoke a Connecticut if someone gives it to me, but generally I won't. I won't pull one out. Sure. Um, the depending on who you listen to, one of the best Connecticut's on the market is is in my humidor for us to smoke at some time in the future, because I think you know I've never been wowed by one, but if it's supposed to be the best, then we should try it, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Probably. So only the best here. Yeah. Doug and Joe talk. That's right. We strive to be the best and do the best <clears throat> and smoke the best. That's right. Although, we rarely succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one's off to a good start. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Uh, Yeah. Mm. Well, what's on your mind? Well, the world's had a lot of interesting stuff happening lately. And I I tend to talk sometimes generalizations on purpose, because sometimes... Because I like to lift things up to higher principle instead of in the morass of where all the crap's happening, and and I just start, I've started noticing that folks that probably I, I that I would suggest that don't agree with me, but, but folks on the left that would be kind of counter to to who I am as a person, and I don't want to I want to be careful with labels, but that helps us understand. Um, I I got and I, I haven't like haven't logged this on a piece of paper, but here's an interesting but. It seems like, and this is in the media, so I'm maybe not all leftists do this, but at least in the media, the stuff that I've heard um, online and such, it's like they predict things that haven't happened, and then they're really like, oh my gosh, this is horrible, and it's like, well, it might not even happen. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, for one thing, is, is pretty crazy, and then when they don't get their way, it, it's like it's too late. They complain about it in such a flamboyant way. It's like in some way they're complaining is going to change it. And it's just like at some point you got to say, hey, didn't win that one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, as much as I like the tension in our government and in our politics, this, at some point you just got to say, okay, we lost that one and quit fighting. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree with you. The tension has always been a good thing mm-hmm. in government. It was 
our government structure was built that way in order to have tension so that it moved slow because government, as it is, well, its mandate in the Constitution is made to be <coughs> really clunky and slow because they felt that it was more important that the people govern themselves versus be ruled by government. Well, um, so yeah, you're right, it is good, but I still, and I, I think I've said this in previous podcasts, that I, I do get concerned with the level of the rhetoric and the, the divisiveness and the and the things going on right now. It seems like we've moved past the point of of uh, a good friction, and we're into the point of uh, we're at, we're at the level of dangerous friction. But speaking to your earlier point, you, the premise of them sort of doing this sort of predictive programming model, where they mm-hmm. throw something out there that is pretty unsubstantiated you know, from an anonymous source or whatever, and then and then make the whole news cycle about that thing that is just yeah pretty much totally fabricated thing. Let, let's talk about the real stuff, yeah, not the stuff that might happen if your prediction yeah, was is... Yeah, just at a store an hour ago, this, oh, that song, you know, okay. What Might Have Been was playing, so now we're talking about it. But uh, So do you have any, with that, with that idea, do you have anything specific in mind? Because I can think of three or four examples that is doing exactly that, but... Pretty much any any time... Trump gets what would be considered a win. So so you could say the tax package. And that that's almost the success of the tax. We've almost forgotten about that already. Right, but it's almost, the success of it I think has almost erased any of the rhetoric. Yeah. I feel like that's almost stopped. The people are just like, you guys are idiots. I got a whole lot more money in my paycheck, you know. Yeah. Kind of thing's happening. Um, Gorsuch. Um, and and the, the, related to Gorsuch, um, Roe v. Wade, it's like, oh my gosh. They're, they're acting like that that no that abortion is was illegal yesterday, mm-hmm. and all they did is vote in a judge. And if the judge even considered to pursue, pursue it, it would take a while. And if they did overturn it, abortion still isn't illegal. Right. Well, the fact I mean, there's yeah. it's ridiculous. We've opened up like four or five good ones over here, nice juicy ones. Here, okay, so man, I don't know where to follow that rabbit trail and go back to the original premise, but. All right. But, yeah, and, and now we have the same exact thing going on with Kavanaugh now. Uh, so we got Gorsuch. He's confirmed, right? He's all he's in. Oh, so uh, Kavanaugh's the one I meant. Kavanaugh's I said Gorsuch. now. Kavanaugh's but, what but I meant. But, dude, it's the same thing. Yeah, it is they the same thing. They did the same thing. crap yeah, sorry. every mm-hmm. single time. They act like, oh, my gosh, there's a conservative judge in there. He's going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple of things there. First off, no judge can come into the court and overturn Roe v. Wade. Right. The case has to come before him, and then he can give a ruling on it, and... And here's the thing. Any, I mean, the constitutional scholar, or not con- the, the uh, lawyers that I've listened to talk about this, to say that most of Roe v. Wade has already been gutted back in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. these things. He said really the only thing left, um, oh, now I'm going to forget now that I'm trying to say it, but there's only like basically one clause left in it that even to challenge. The rest of it's already been changed or there's other layers of law that pretty much have gone over to- over its head in every regard except for maybe one and I mean it, it's a, it's a moot point but what it but they use it again mm-hmm. as this tactic mm-hmm. to get people all stirred up and I just want to know seriously with all the talk that we had since the president said he was going to nominate Kavanaugh with all this talk even back to Gorsuch how many Democrats or what, people on the left side, or anti-Trumpers, or whatever. How many? How many of them would stand up and say, "I am so for abortion that this is really something to get upset about"? 
How many of them are willing to, to say, because that's what they're doing, that's what they're, that's what they're modeling when they make this the huge talking point it is. I mean, and why? You can't, I mean, you can argue healthcare, you know, women's access to healthcare, but mm-hmm. I'd like that, I'd like to have that argument, because women have access to healthcare, this yeah. is not, this is not the issue. Yeah, it's, it's not. So, mm. Yeah, anyway, we could we could go down we could go down a lot well, of yeah okay so maybe another one okay. another example collusion and we got this whole thing with Jeez. <laughs> we've got this whole thing now you got to be careful not to move too fast here we got this whole thing now with Trump meeting with Vladimir Putin and all of the screaming heads are screaming because they say that Putin ate Trump's lunch or whatever just that he's he totally got walloped. And I just, I just don't, okay, so everybody in the left, or all the Democrats or whatever, are just assuming Trump is guilty of colluding with Russia and interfering with the election in 2016. That's what they think. They think it's a, it's a done deal. I just want to remind everybody, who may or may not be listening, probably in this case not listening, but, but anyway, Trump's name has not appeared in one indictment of all of the indictments that have been handled, you know, with this sort of collusion, this, this whatever, he's not been named. There's no evidence that he has done any crime. Therefore, what are we until proven guilty in this country? We're innocent until proven guilty. Unless you're a Republican. Unless you're a Republican, <laughs> or unless your name is Donald Trump, and yeah. then you're guilty. <clears throat> and we're going to figure it <laughs> figure out how. And, oh, it's just, it's maddening to me. They keep, they do that. Throw that bone out, to speak to your point. They throw a bone out and act like it's true, and then... You know, I, I do think it is important when you're when you're not the majority party to to keep there is part of government that needs to keep the other side in you know in the boundaries that it's supposed to be in. But this this is just this is just getting ridiculous, and I just I wonder sometimes how many of the 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 leftists are doing their 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 side a disservice by focusing on all the crap instead of actually trying to do something for the country. I think that's going to be Trump's play. I think it is, too. Come 2020. <clears throat> I, I really do. They have done so much damage to this country, Wasted and look what he has done for the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't care if you like him or not. I had a conversation with an older gentleman this week that I respect the heck out of, and just as a, as a good Christian man, a, a good thinker on his shoulders, you know, a wise man. And he and I both agree. There are lots of things that the president has said, or some ways that he's said things that were like, uh, maybe that could have been handled a little bit more tactfully or whatever. But look what he's done. Nobody can argue. I, I, talk, I had a conversation with a liberal friend. I don't even know if he's liberal recently who was against Trump, and I just said, I just asked him specifically, what has he done that's so bad? Yeah. And he couldn't tell me one single thing. One of the podcasts I listen to is Andrew Clavin's show. I listen occasionally, and I remember him saying that it, it seemed like it was Thanksgiving. It was a while back. He said at Thanksgiving dinner, he sat down with his family and people who were just, everybody in his family were hammering on how horrible Trump is, and he, and he just said, name me one policy that is bad and tell me why. Nobody at the table, like, all, of all of his uh, leftist um, relatives, no one could, could say anything. And I, and I can't, 
either I'm not real happy with tariffs, um, but we'll, 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 we'll see. The proof's kind of in the pudding still. I didn't like the Syria strike. <clears throat> remember when okay. we bombed Syria? Yeah. I didn't like that. I, and I remember, we, we might yeah, have talked about it on the podcast, and I remember you saying why. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one of those, I guess everything could be this way, but it's one of those things where you just, you got to make a decision, you got to act right. fast, and you do have to have to be tough, and I'm, I'm glad he acted, but your, your argument that there was absolutely no reason for the guy to do it, so, yeah, so that's, I, <clears throat> I don't know, that, I would, I would still be on the other side, I would be not the same side you're on on that one, yeah. I would be in favor of Trump on that, but I do see your point, why would it be? It's, yeah, and I don't want to get too far into it, yeah. but I've seen That's videos. Kind of news, I've yeah. seen videos of men over there telling them how they came in with the cameras. They told them to lay down a certain way. They told they covered oh. up these people, and they made them act like they were they mourning and wailing and stuff. And and then there's video of the same kids that we saw dead eating cookies, and they received like more money than they make in a year. So. To me, like, I don't think I think that a lot of people are bamboozled. But well, and it's interesting that probably for the first time in history, it is super easy for someone in a developing country to spend a little bit of money on technology and oh, yeah. make a fake video. Oh yeah, that is so, so easy. easy, and that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what a way to trick your political opponents into thinking. Somebody just bombed us, and so you need to go kill the guy that, or somebody tried to poison us or whatever with gas, and now you need to go kill our opponent. What a way to get your opponent killed. Yeah. You know? False flag. It's an old move. Yeah. Old, old move, but it's, uh, it's alive and well for sure. But, I mean, that's really all that we're seeing with this sort of bait and switch in the news media, too. It's, it's let's mm-hmm. wave a flag. If we wave it long enough and hard enough, and if we all do it, then it'll take root, and people will believe whatever it is that we're saying. And, and it's, and, you know, you say you said something just a minute ago. We live in a day and age where it's very easy to, you know, make a video. We live in a day and age where it, we have the tools to find out the truth on a lot of things, but it's still very difficult to discern the truth because there's just a massive volume of information. So I've got two things on my plate here. I'm going to put a pendulum swing back. I'm going to put that on the plate for later, so let's remember that's on the plate. But I want to talk about an idea that I had, because um, I was trying to, I was cleaning, the last couple of days I was cleaning a hog building and then whitewashing a hog building, so a lot of just repetitive, monotonous stuff where my brain is yes. cranking while I'm working. And the weather was actually pretty nice. Like, I wasn't, I was, sweat wasn't pouring off of me. They had the fans going. Even though it was a poop house, it was still pretty, pretty nice. So, I'm thinking, and I get this idea of governments, uh, um, sorry, not government, but human rights, and I'm trying to process, because I don't, I don't exactly know what human rights are, I haven't studied them, I don't know what a right is, I know people try to say, healthcare is a right, and I'm like, well, I, and I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that, but um, I have a right to the things that are mine, my labor is mine. But I thought, well, how, how could I frame this and kind of help my brain make sense? And I said, well, if no one anywhere does anything, if no one does anything, so this, from a government perspective, do nothing, people have rights. 
But then people try to say that, well, the government has to do something because that's a human right. Well, no, no. If the government does nothing, the person has their human rights. Unless someone comes in to violate them, then the government's job would be to protect that right. But I just got to thinking, how many, what rights do I have if nobody does anything? And it's like, that seems to be an interesting framing of what a real human right is. Because do I have the right to health care? Depends what you mean. I have the right to purchase a product because it's my labor, my money. I can mm-hmm. give that money to buy a product. That's not really a right. right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm using what I have. It's like, but I have the right to decide if my child, um, you know, is given a particular drug or not. That's, I'm a parent. That's, that does seem like, so if nobody does anything, you can't, you can't give my kid that drug unless I want, unless I say you can. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do nothing seems to be an interesting, you know, it's like, if Rand Paul wrote a book about government, it would probably be do nothing. <laughs> or, or protect, protect rights. But yeah. see, I think there's this, <clears throat> there's this misconception when it comes to rights, and, and, and you hit the nail right on the head when you talk about, like, health care. This is my right to have health care. Well, here's the thing. That's not among the enumerated rights in our government, in our constitution, in our Bill of Rights. We have a Bill of Rights, and that's not one of them. And with the, if you look at the enumerated rights that we do have, the right to free speech, and of the press, and of religion, to bear arms, and to be secure in our persons, things like this, none of them, none of our rights um, does the government co- uh, commit to pay for. I think I was talking to you about this the other day, about... Uh, I don't think we recorded it, so I'll, I'll repeat it here. But like, um, I heard, I saw it recently uh, a question and answer time with Dinesh D'Souza, a genius, and the woman was talking about what about women's reproductive rights, and he made, <coughs> he made this brilliant argument. He said, "Okay, let's let's pretend that right to an abortion is was in the enumerated rights in the Constitution. It was right in the Bill of Rights. It was number you know eight or whatever, and it was right in there." He said, "None of the none of those." can you make the government pay for it? The government gives you the f- freedom of speech and of the press, but they do not give you a newspaper to to write your opinions in. They, say they, they give you the freedom of religion, but they're not buying your churches. They give you the right to bear arms, but they're not going to buy you a gun. What makes it, people think that the government ought to buy them health care or buy them abortions or buy them any, any, any food? I mean, do you have a right to food or education? I... It's not the government's job to buy any of those things, just to protect your ability to pursue them on your own. And yeah. I, to me, that's the big distinction, is, you know, do you have the right to commerce? Yeah, I think you probably should have the right to buy and sell and do things like that, but they're not going to do it for you. Yeah, and, you know, uh, it might have been Stephen Molyneux, I can't remember, I think it was him. He was saying, well, he said if you... If you he was asked if he was in favor of abortion, in favor of abortion being legal. He said, listen, if the government's not paying for it, because that really complicates it. He's like, let's say the government's just not paying for it anymore. He's like, as much as I don't like abortion, and he's not a, not a Christian, mm-hmm. but um, as much as I don't like the idea of abortion, I think everybody in the United States has the right to make a bad decision. If you can find somebody to give you an abortion, give them a few bucks, they give you an abortion. Gosh, I don't know. I don't have as big of a hang-up with it then. He said... And this is his opinion, not yours. Right, this is his opinion, not mine. But I'm like, and but I do think, um, because, because that actually gets into my free market, you know, and I, and I, I do know why I believe that um, 
abortion should be wrong. And, and I'll, I'll say that in a minute. Oh, it's on your beard. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, it was. Your beard and that's, the my friends, why a long beard is necessary. That's right. My, for those of you who can't see me, which is all of you, my beard goes down just about, I don't know, past my nipples. And my ash just sort of hung suspended in the beard till I could get it away. That was, that was great. So I, want, I want to come back to this yeah, uh, in, in a second. But I, want, I think we should do a cigar update. But well, I, don't, I don't want to forget where I'm going. Stefan Molino, abortion... And I want to talk about why I think abortion is wrong. Yeah, I want to too. I want okay. to do that before we move on to the cigar. I want to talk oh, about okay. why I think, and I probably is the same thing you. But you go first, and then I'll go, and then we'll talk well, about the cigar. Oh, okay. Sorry. You want to wait on this? I want to talk about the cigar first. Okay. Because then we, it's easy. Because then we'll know what we're coming back Very to. Good. I tend to I think we think we forget what we're going to come back to sometimes. So my my ash fell off a couple minutes ago, and yours just fell off. So here here's what I think. I, this. I think this tastes better than most of the Connecticut's that I've smoked. I, and I, I remember reading or, hear, or seeing a video um, that this apparently has a little bit of Lajero in it, which is supposed to be a really strong tobacco, nicotine-wise nicotine and flavor-wise. So if they wanted to keep this a mild cigar, they wouldn't put much in it. But if they wanted to add a little flavor, you could throw in a little bit of Lajero. And uh, <clears throat> that would help it. Now, I don't know if I can taste Lajero, but... There seems to be this su- sweetness. There's not much of it. It's deep, mm-hmm. but there's not much of it. And it reminds me of one of my f- uh, favorite cigars, which is a Lijero Criollo. And I know my palate's not sharp enough <laughs> to say, I'm tasting a little bit of Lijero in there somewhere, but maybe I am. So and, okay. and I think it's good, and it seems to be just a hint. The flavor seems to be a hint stronger and a hint sweeter, and I like that. Yeah. I agree. And, okay, so I know that somewhere along the line we smoked a Connecticut. I thought it was a Camacho Connecticut, but it must not have been. Mm-hmm. We smoked a Connecticut, and I remember mm. having the same feeling that I'm feeling right now. Well, La Aurora. That's what it was. Yeah, it was when we did the That's La what it was. Okay, That so was a really good Connecticut. That was a really great <coughs> Connecticut. That, that was my first one that I can remember smoking, but same thing with this. It's like when I start it, when I light it, it's not what I would normally maybe gravitate toward, but the further I get into it, the more I enjoy it on a very deep, on a deeper sort of level, it's a subs- it's like a substantial smoke. I don't know. It's like a how I could. It's it's maybe like a steak with a with some mashed potatoes instead of eating like you know a pop tart. <laughs> the, the difference, you know, yeah. it's like a. And this is <clears throat> this is a little oily, which I think I'm not sure. Little. Don't quote me on this. Look this up, somebody, and tell us if I'm wrong. But I don't think Connecticut's are particularly oily. This isn't super oily, but it's just oily enough to make me more interested. I don't like dry smokes, mm-hmm. and so that's that's coming through as well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really digging it. I'm very pleased, yeah. Yeah. So that's our update on the Camacho Connecticut. It's really good. I do have to work a little bit. Like I have to think about it. Yeah, because it's because it's fairly mild. So it's it's, uh, it's how do you say it? It's subtle. Yeah, subtle. The uh, the woodiness has gone away though for me. I'm not getting that woody taste anymore. It's more settled into kind of that sweet, full taste. Okay. Yeah, good. Okay. Take it first. Tell me why abortion is wrong. Okay. You think it's, should so, be. as I was talking, Stefan Molina went to the kind of the free market thing. If the government isn't paying for it, you're free to make bad choices. You can pay somebody, they'll build more. The reason that the government should be involved is if it's a life, which I think most people are convinced it is, at some point, there's a little bit of debate as to when. If it's a life, 
then part of our government is to protect life. And so if that's the case, then it should be restricted, de-incentivized something. Something should be done there to make that not allowable. Yeah. That's my argument, too. Yeah. Per- it's personhood. It's the, high, the idea that once an egg is fertilized, there is nothing that that can become. It, it, it is nothing else besides a person. Mm-hmm. And it has its own DNA. It, it sends out a, uh, a signal, and I can't remember if it's a, a hormone or what exactly that signal is, but it immediate, as soon as an egg is fertilized, it sends out a signal to the mother's body not to kill it. Because it's a, it be, it's a, got its own DNA, it registers as a foreign body to the mother's body, and it sends out a signal and says, "Hey, don't kill me! I'm here! I'm alive!" Huh? And that's the mother's, I never do that. The okay. mother's mm. body responds by nurturing it instead of mm. killing it, and and not to mention the science advances since, like even the example, for example, since Roe v. Wade, the science has advanced so much. We can tell very early on. <laughs> That's a person. That's my argument. They have rights just as much as the mother does. Yeah. Yeah, and with... and I I hear a lot of people say that there are so many options other than abortion that we... It's just just silly that we would use abortion. Um, Which I kind of agree with, except I would actually fall in kind of one of the weird corners that says... uh, most forms of birth control are probably not as healthy as the medical machine has told us they are. And that comes from some personal information from some women I know well, and I, some things that they think it has done to their bodies. If I may interject there, <laughs> I think you would be surprised at how large a consensus you have about that really? idea. I think that m- I, a lot of women out there, the ones that dare to think for themselves instead of just repeat what maybe a doctor or somebody has told them or what they've read in a pamphlet, would agree that most forms of birth control have not done them good. But I'm not a woman. I know about what it's done in my marriage. I don't think it's good. So, anyway. So, we better not get too far on No, that, and I'm not... Because <laughs> there's more people that have expertise on that than I do. Um, I would like to throw out one other thing that Stefan Molyneux said, because it was intriguing. Um, and he's, he's one of those guys that throws out weird things, you know, to get you to think about it. Sure. He said, he said, what about, um, let, we don't have a market for babies, so people kill them. What if we had a market for babies? What if, it's like, what if we said, you can buy my baby? Which, my first instinct is, that's horrible, but then it's like, okay, once I get past my first instinct, why is that my, what if, I mean, what if we said, abortion's illegal, have your baby, and... And a family that wants a child that can't have a child could buy it. Well, now, before you say anything, yep. I want your your opinion. But let me tell you why. <laughs> the only the only thing I can think of that makes me think, oh, that's not that weird. And here's why. When my aunt Carol Jean was I don't young, um, there were a lot of kids. She had a lot of brothers and sisters. Family didn't was like dirt poor, not much money at all. And the neighbors down the road came to my grandparents and said, hey. We've got a couple young kids. We really need somebody just a few years older to take care of them. We know you don't have much money. Um, we just live down the road. 
would you let Carol Jean live with us? We'll give her food, we'll give her clothes, we'll send her to school. She, obviously, she can come down the road and visit anytime you want, but she'll help us take care of our kids. We'll raise her like she's our own, and they're like, I, I think that's a win for everybody. Yeah. See, <coughs> I totally agree with you on that okay. context. Yeah. I would, and, and <coughs> words have meanings, so I want to make sure that what I say is, what you hear what I'm saying, but okay. like, I don't think you can say you can buy babies. I think that there is a tremendous market for babies. To say that there's not a market would be naive. Okay. Problem is, one, there's bad market. a terrible market for babies. It's a terrible black market for babies, okay. which is one of the problems that we're running into now. Why honestly, if you really look into it, one of the reasons that abortion is so guarded is because there is a huge market for those parts that are that are pulled out of the mother. Okay. Two um, and that's, you know, some of the James O'Keefe and the Ver Project Veritas has gotten these people to say things on camera recently that have kind of gotten swept under the rug, but that, it's, uh -huh. it's disgusting what's going on. But the second, is, the second thing is there are, <coughs> there are tons of families and organizations out there that are, <coughs> are literally paying mothers to have their children and in a legitimate way, and they have lined up adoptions, they have taken full care of all the mother's prenatal needs and, and taking care of her medical expenses to have the baby and, and giving them money besides. So I, don't, I, I, I can't call that buying babies. Yeah. But what I can call it is that there's a huge market for children from loving people that want, to take, that want to have children that can't. They're totally willing to compensate mothers to have the babies. And so I, you know, to say there's not one, I think there is one, but I think it's uh, yeah. to nurture that. To to, I think I think as a society, that's something that we could, or even if it's not from the government, right? The people in general, the market, if you will, yeah. um, do, should and does subsidize. And, yeah, and, and that it, needs to be out in the open. That needs to be talked about. It, it does, and and you're right. And and from a guy, from a guy who hates regulation, um, you know. That there's a way to regulate it, and I don't mean on a government level. Maybe I mean on a government level, but maybe not. Well, that, one thing we... Go ahead, finish your... Yeah, it's, it, it does seem like there needs to be some protection to make sure babies aren't sold and trafficked. Yeah. You know. I think, and, and, and I think that falls well within the Charter of the Constitution, like, to protect those people. Mm -hmm. I think that to protect their life, to protect their liberty, that falls well within the bounds of what we call good, would call good government. And it's, they're just not doing it. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> All right. Well, so we went on nothing. We went to Stephen Molino. What was I saying I was putting on the plate to talk about later? Uh, pendulum swing. Oh, yeah. This takes us kind of back to the beginning. How are we doing on time? Do we know? Mm. Okay. This cigar is probably going to go past an hour. We should just tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, our podcast, we limit it to an hour. But, because this is a Churchill. Um, and I didn't say this, so let me say this at the beginning. It does feel very light, and it actually seems to be burning a tad fast for a Churchill. But the draw is great. So, there you go. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I think I'm really working this cigar. I'm enjoying it. But... I, I am too, and we're, you might be a little bit further down there. Yeah, I think so. I lit a little sooner than you did. <coughs> also, this the little bit of fan that we have there. Um, since we're the l lowest produced, least listened to podcast in America, 
for the time being. We figured it wouldn't matter if you can hear our fan in the background, and if you can't, that's all the better. But if you can, it's because it was a little hot and we wanted a breeze. But that also would make the cigar, could make the cigar burn a tad faster. Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm watching my foot smoke. It is blowing a little okay. bit, but I don't, I don't know if that's affected. I don't know if it's windy yeah. enough in here to yeah, maybe not. affect it too much. But, but um, pendulum swing. This is another thing that it seems like the left does. They like, you're talking about waving a flag. They wave the flag, they scream so loud, and they're like, oh my gosh, this horrible thing's going to happen. And then they're like, oh, but wait. And, th and then they'll take one step back. And one step back is still really bad for the country. But they try to make it seem like they're screaming to such an extreme that if then they take a step back and they tr if they get that, that's still way extreme, but it looks, but they, they're kind of making the narrative look like, oh, well, we, we did get, we did get something when what they got is horrible. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that made sense. I don't know if my words came out right. You know what I'm trying to say? I, I do. And <clears throat> it, it seems like <clears throat> the thing that, uh, I, I, well, it makes me think of the whole idea of the Overton window, moving the Overton yes, window. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And that's the smart way to say it. Yeah, so so Overton window, if you haven't heard of it, is I guess, I mean, this way it's communicated to me, is like uh, if far right is extreme and the far left is extreme, there's a window in between there of a normal scale of people, of, of common thought. And so what they'll try to do is introduce a way far, an idea that's way far to the end of either the right or the left, and then back up a little bit, and, and are you saying that, are you saying that they're billing that as some sort of great compromise, or, or do you, do you, are you saying about how, just how fast the, the window is yeah. shifting? Yeah, how fast the, the window has been moving to the left, or what yeah. the, what's normal yeah. is really okay. moving left, yeah. or has been, I don't know if it still is, it feels... I feel hopeful that maybe it's not. Maybe it's slowed a bit. Yeah. It, man, I, I, I tend to be the kind of person, I'm a big, sort of a big picture person. At least I, that's how I think of myself. And it always causes me to question, you know, who is, who, if we followed, if there was some sort of like trail and we could follow the smoke or follow the paper or follow the money or whatever, I, I really would like to know, who, whoever's in charge of this, because there's so much unanimity in this. They. Yeah, the they. <laughs> My favorite they quote. I gotta yeah. throw it in here. Okay. My favorite they quote was, was but who are they, right? But uh, Willie Nelson one time was asked in an interview, if they said you had to quit playing music, what would you do? And Willie stops the interview, he says, he says, they? He says, if I knew who they were, I'd have shot them a long time ago. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like, I love it. Oh, that's but, perfect. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Well, my question is, is who, not who is, not who is they, but what do they want? I, I really, man, if you let some of this rhetoric go all the way, what do they, what is it that, what does their utopia look like? I mean, what kind of a society are they trying to build? Because from my perspective, from where I sit, from where I was raised, whatever, <coughs> it seems that my people's utopia looks like pretty wide open people be good people be moral get your law from god govern yourself and try to do good to your neighbor and everybody wins i mean that's that's a totally oversimplification maybe but that's it what is it that are they cuz it feels like to me they in those big air quotes 
want a totalitarian authoritarian system that, hmm, looks an awful lot like fascism. <laughs> and they're all in the streets screaming against fa fascism. But that's exactly, to me, what they're wanting. Don't forget that we get called Nazis all the time. And don't forget that Hitler's party was, what was it called? National Socialist Party? <clears throat> and that's, that's what they're screaming for. I'm afraid that your pendulum, that, that I'm afraid we're going that way. And I, I just don't like it. Yeah. That's why we're fighting. I think that's why we're talking about this, right? Well, yeah, and I, I, think that's, I think that's why Trump got elected. I think the... I don't know if I'm going to label everything correctly here, but let's say small town, more rural, Midwestern people. So I'd be left alone. And quite honestly, I think the error that the left made, they probably would have done good if they would have quit saying, be, be politically correct and telling us we're rude and mean. If they'd have just been more subtle about it, they could have rolled the ball a lot further. But I think when they started to say, oh, you know, you're a jerk, you can't say that, at some point we just... and. Almost in a nice way, we got so pissed, we're like, no, yeah. up yours, you, uh, you know, quit. But look at their reaction. <laughs> so their response to red America standing uh -huh. up and electing Donald Trump, their response isn't to, oh, maybe we better try to communicate with you. They've doubled down. I know, and that's going to that's gonna hurt them, I think. I think it's totally going to hurt them. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, and we've said it over and over, we've alluded to it, and everybody sees it, but the polarization is scary. I just don't know where we're going to go. Yeah. That, uh, on one hand, we, uh, gosh, I mean, I mean, I'm even speaking in polarized terms here, but well, yeah. it'll, it'll make sense. Let's say we win the next presidential election and the next one. Okay, that's, that's, that's good for our country, but there's more happening than that. If the polarization gets worse, that's a bad thing. So, yes, we could win for the next four, eight, sixteen years, but nobody's out there, I don't think, doing anything about the polarization, and I'm not sure that anybody on the right are going to pass a whole bunch of laws or try to do anything on the government level to stop it. But but what culturally can... like Are the churches, you know, are social organizations, are smart people going to start to do anything? There's a lot of really smart it. people talking right now. Yeah. That encourages me. Okay. I think another thing that encourages me is that the ideas of liberty are taking root. And mm. I think that's part of the red, the, the red wave <laughs> that we saw, that we're mm. seeing. Yeah. But... Man, and this is beyond the beyond my sort of talk earlier about who are they and whatever. If you look at the people who are being loudest right now, and I'm talking about people like Maxine Waters and Hillary Clinton and mm -hmm. and some of these um, left wing protest Elizabeth, groups like like Elizabeth Warren, Warren yeah. Antifa, which is like they're on the ground people or whatever, <clears throat> George Soros, these kinds of people. What they want, they want. Another Bolshevik revolution. They want a revolution. And, and, and a lot of them are convinced that this is the time. They want it because they think that they actually believe that's right and they believe that's best. Are they good people that are misguided? Are they evil people? I, I think a lot of them are what... Uh, who is it? Was it Marx? Called them useful idiots? I know that's an insensitive term. I know that. 
But I think a lot of them have good hearts, but they've been so misguided in thinking that the answer is to overthrow, and now is the right. time, and we got to build a socialist utopia, and that, okay, if you read Marx, that's, I mean, that's what they did. If you look at Saul Alinsky, if you re read Rules for Radicals, this is, they're going right down, they're right down, they're leading, they're pushing for this, this revolution, this red, red revolution, or whatever, communist revolution. And, and that's, like, so incompatible with who we are as America. And, and honestly, it's, if they get convinced that this is the time for that. What do they have to gain? Like, what's Hillary Clinton? What does Soros? What does anybody have to gain? I mean, Power, influence, you know, I guess. I sure, know. but... I mean, evil man. Here's I know, but here's where I can't see beyond my own. Where sure. I, I can't see beyond my own bias because I'm like, duh. The things I believe are so right. Believing <laughs> the, the 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 extreme out there, like I, I want to think even if they're not a Christian, even if they're a completely selfish person, what what do they have? What do they have to gain? It's like, you know, it's kind of like I don't know if Trump really did this, but if if Trump did go to Kim Jong Un and say, hey, you know. <laughs> behind the table you don't you need to pay you're killing people that might seem really cool to you but you know what if you just open up your beaches yeah. and try to become a capitalist you would make so much more money and you would be so much more powerful so what does you know in that essence so back to the United States what did those on the left have to have to gain <clears throat> I don't get it you know I mean I, I get I guess I get big government I get establishment politicians but I don't so, but that could be Republican or Democrat. But I don't get what what the left has has to gain. I, and I wonder if they they have a sense of morality. And, and, and there's there's like a moralism that says this is right for everyone, and it needs to be done. And so it is sort of like a religion to them. Yeah, I think it is. The state in in communism, it, the state is the religion, and and we see. I think we see that evidence because. What they're after is the, is a socialist utopia. They're after an, a society where everybody has an equal share, mm -hmm. where there's no such thing as rich or poor, a classless Except society. The, the <laughs> but and that's honestly what they want. But they don't understand that it doesn't work that way. It never has in any of these communist countries or socialist countries. It doesn't work that way. And and they're I think just a lot of people are misguided. They're sold out to these ideas that just don't work. So. That's what I think, but I ask them. <laughs> Somebody needs to ask them, I guess. Yeah. Okay, we should do an update just to clear only because my head is like, ah, too much going on in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're killing it today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Talk about the cigar. <clears throat> well, I, it just continues to kind of settle in to the to sort of this rich. Um, getting your, I'm getting that oil again, you know, like mm -hmm. that. It's just really smoothing out. Where I feel like, I don't know, when we first lit the cigar, I felt it was a little bit, um, uh, I could taste the different things, but they weren't mixing well or something, but now it seems like everything's kind of melded in really nice, and so I'm getting that sweet, getting the, just a little bit of oil, enough to not make your mouth dry, um, that spice, and, I don't know, it's just really, really enjoyable cigar. We're getting really passionate. I don't think that's nicotine, but maybe we're getting... That could be. We're not. I don't have any other any other stimulant in me because I've been talking. Heart, man. Yeah. That's our stimulant. That's right. Passion. Heart. Um. So I, 
you hit it on the head. The only thing I have to add is, because of what we read, I expected more spice. Because it was a Connecticut, I didn't expect much. But then yeah. it said spicy. Oh, so are we going to get more spice? I think <clears throat> this is mild enough. It could have a little more spice, like, it, and I would still be okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I can I can retrohale it. And I don't even yeah, know. It's smooth. almost like a full retrohale. It is Nothing burns my nose. And if you, I don't know. Um, if I lick my lips, I don't get any mini metallic or any. Yeah. It's just clean. It's clean. So yeah. yeah. And I, I uh, what's it called? Is it, it's not purging, is it? What's it called yeah, when you... purge. That's right. I think there's a... Maybe that's what it's called. It's when you, when you blow through a small hole on your lips to kind of concentrate purge. the taste on your lips. That tastes really good. It's not... Sometimes that can get metallic and kind of bitter. But this is... You hit it on the head. I don't have to add anything else. And we're down, or we're we're past half, aren't we? Oh yeah, I am. Okay, yeah, we're we're both past half a little bit, so, and we're past half on the clock too. So, what time do we start? By the way, I'm looking. I think we started about a quarter till, and we've got it about fifteen minutes left. Ten, okay. 10 15 Ten, minutes. Left. Okay. Alrighty. <coughs> well, I've touched on a lot of the stuff I wanted to wanted to touch on. I, I did, I still, like, i got to process this idea. I might write some about it, but the idea, if nobody does anything, what rights do I have? That was an interesting thing just to think about, you know? It is an interesting thing, and on, I mean, it kind of, it kind of um, makes me think back to a, an idea that um, that's maybe kind of a hard one. I think that a lot of people, and I I've been called out on this. Mm-hmm. I don't hold this belief, but I understand why some people do and why they shouldn't. But I think a lot of people who are Christians in America equate our system of government with our faith a little bit. We're Americans, we're Christians. And um, I, I think ultimately as, as humans, global this is a global thing, we have free will. I don't know if that's the same as a right, because if, if you look at, like, the scriptures, what rights does God give us? Well, that's pretty hard to nail down, I think. When governments are instituted among men, we have to say that men have inherent rights because they're made in the image of God, and that's, that's good for a government to say that. But, like, when you stand before God, what rights do I have before oh, God? Yeah. I don't have any rights yeah, before okay. God. He has all the rights. And so, your question is a hard one, because if you strip out the fact that we're Americans and that we sort of um, not only live in, but buy in to this system of human rights, then, you know, there's there's some play between those two. So, I like to think of my, when I think of in terms of myself, I like to think of, I don't have any rights. I have choices, and I have the freedom to make any choice I want. I have the freedom... To, as a human, to stick my finger up to the government and to God and to everybody else and to my fellow man, I have that freedom, at least for now. Mm-hmm. Um, some would call it a right. I don't, can't call it a right. Because it's not a right, you know? Yeah. But, so, I mean, when you ask that question, it kind of, my, in my brain, it inter, they intermingle, but, um, but I think that the rights that are, that are talked about in the Bill of Rights, I think that those are good ones to focus on, maybe. It might not hurt for me to 
get a copy of the Bill of Rights and read it sometime and actually talk talk about it. That would be a good stimulating conversation. I've read it before and I've watched a video where a bunch of actors <laughs> read the Bill of Rights. Did they act out the rights? They did not. They just <laughs> they just read it. <coughs> and, uh, we ought to know our rights, haven't we? Yeah. Probably ought to know them better. Well, we should, and And I, I, and this might be a conversation for another time because this could get pretty involved. But, but th- there are times when, like, where I get confused because if this is a right, and the local government passes a law against it, I still have the right to do it. But the law, in some way, is trying to de-incentivize me from doing it. So someone could say the law is unconstitutional. But so what? If I have a right, or if I do it. You know, and, and it gets down to a lot of a lot of things with law is if you can't enforce it anyway, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I've I might have even admitted this on another podcast. This is a small offshoot not suburb, but subdivision township, whatever, of Oskaloosa. And they have a law that says I can't burn garbage in my burn barrel. And I burn garbage in my burn barrel. You know why? Because I know it costs them money to pay the county sheriff to come out here. And find me. It costs them more money to pay the sheriff than to find me. So I, and the mayors talked to me, and I said I had one of the council members give give me a PDF copy of the of all the work they put into getting the burn regulations. And I'm like, I took the copy, and I'm like, until you find did me, you burn it in the yard? I did. I burned <laughs> it in the yard. So until <coughs> so until they actually find me, I'm gonna. And you know what? Now here's the thing, though. The way it worked was, nobody told me that anyone was complaining. Um, if somebody would have just said, hey, that's blowing in my window and it's bugging me, I'd have been like, um, okay, um, I don't want to irritate you. I'd still like to burn my garbage. You know, can I move my burn barrel? Can I do something? We would have figured, yeah, we would have figured it out. I don't think anybody complained. I think there's some lady whose husband was on the council and didn't like it when people burned shit. So, well... Okay, so in that instance, we'll run with this for just a few minutes okay. we have left. But like, in that enforcing inst- is my, was my point. Enforcement yeah. is a, is 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 a thing. It's a it's like a protection that we have that, you know, if if a if a law is unconstitutional or if we feel if we feel it's not right, then we have the ability to disobey. It's civil disobedience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. My, and that's, I'm glad that you have the freedom to do that. Yeah. And there are there are some areas mm-hmm. where we do have the freedom to do that. I think you know, seatbelt laws whatever, I think it's totally unconstitutional. Sometimes I don't wear my seatbelt and I don't get enforced or at least I haven't for a long time. But but here's, here's the ones that are scary to me is the ones that are unconstitutional, they're unlawful, and we can't afford to fight them. And we can't afford to disobey them. Child safety seats. There's lots of them. Yeah, <laughs> we can't go into that, but like, I mean, um, and, we, and that, gosh, we could get a whole another show. We could maybe do a whole show on on unconstitutional laws that we can't afford to fight. But um, those are the scary ones because it does cost money. I mean, it costs money and time and our life to fight things, even if they are wrong. They're inherently wrong. They made a law that was a bad law. Somebody's got to give their life up, you know, part of it, and their money and their toil. And, and to fight it. And I respect the heck out of those people. Yeah, and I, I don't remember the guy, and you might even know who he is. I think he was at CPAC or something like that about uh, 
the guy that fought the gun, one of the gun laws, maybe in D.C. or something, fought and won, like, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Man, that dude, like... Yeah. Whew! They, he, those people that are willing to fight, or, like, the Bundys. Mm-hmm. They, that got dismissed. Did you know that? That's mm-hmm. done. It's over, and they've been acquitted. Those were the property owners. They won. People. They won. <laughs> and, but gosh, one of them died. I mean, uh, yeah, Cliven, one of them got killed. Cliven, uh, what was the guy's name? Lafoy Finnegan. Lavoy Finnegan was the guy's name. Got killed by the, by the police, and and uh, I mean those guys were willing to fight. They said this is not right, and we're willing to we're willing to put our lives in jeopardy to fight it, and they won. Which you know, good for them, I guess. Well, and here, here's the thing, that here's where we have to be careful because sometimes, like, sometimes really good ideas should be left as really good ideas. They don't have to be law. And I don't, I don't want to go into child safety seats. I just want to mention that I, I use child safety seats. I think they're a good idea. I don't think a law requiring you to use child safety seats is necessary or a good idea. It's probably not constitutional. People say, oh, well, but look how many kids we save because we should. No, no. <laughs> You're not saving any more kids than you would if you didn't have the law because the market would be promoting those child safety seats and spending the money on advertisement mm-hmm. instead of having it government mandated, which is better you know, the government shouldn't be spending money on, on a bureaucracy of child safety seats. Yeah. The free market should be. And the government shouldn't be picking winners and losers. Yep. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, oh, you're anti-child. It's like, no, I'm probably going to keep using the child What are you, crazy? <laughs> you just want to say that, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Thanks for putting words in my mouth. That's not what I said. But it is really hard to argue saying that shouldn't be a law, but it's still a good idea. It's hard, it's hard to make that, our, and I don't know why in our culture today it is, because people think, well, it's a good idea, then it should be a law. No. 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 <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. No, it's, uh... mm. Well, I don't know what you think, but I think it might be a good idea for us to close this down. For the, for I the think so. Day. I think there's enough of this cigar left that we're going to enjoy the rest of it and just yeah. shoot the breeze. Yeah. So, um, I, never do the, I never do the rap, so I'll try it. Thanks, oh, thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. This is, uh, there's no, nothing that says this is Joe's job, so I'm doing it today. Appreciate you joining us. Um, hope you enjoyed talking about the cigar, telling you what to think. I would, this is definitely a thumbs up. Um, go give it a try. Thanks for listening. This is DougAndJoeTalk.com. Take care. See Talk ya. to you next time.